Hello again, I'm Trip Rogers, and this is Trip's Take. Well, this is my time of the year. Love the baseball playoffs, although uh, my interest in baseball has kind of waned a bit over the last few years. Of course, being a diehard Yankee fan, it could be their early playoff exits, but we'll get into that a little bit more in just a sec. But it's interesting because one of the things the baseball owners wanted and the lockout this year got was expanded playoffs. And essentially what they did was they eliminated a play-in game. So game number 163, if teams are tied, no, there's no play-in. Regular season record is going to determine that. And that was the tiebreaker between the Mets and the Braves. They ended up with the same record, but hey, the Braves got the bye into the divisional series the Mets had to play the wild card. And after the, the, the smoke had settled over the weekend, you realize that the three winningest teams in baseball this year, the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Braves, all were eliminated, <laughs> which is kind of surprising because, again, you're talking about three teams that won over 300 combined, 310 games. <laughs> Unbelievable. But again, that's what October's about. You never know what's going to happen. They've got to play the games, and that's the deal. And it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the playoffs go. But again, that's what the fun part is. You know, you think about it in the last few years, we've had two teams that were wild cards that went all the way and won the World Series, the last one being the, the Nationals and the Braves last year uh, were not certainly the favorites, but hey, they got hot at the right time of the year and they won. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, right? Okay, just saying. So baseball playoffs roll on and it'll be interesting to see again what does happen in the baseball playoffs. Well, October also means we are running into the home stretch of the political season. And this year it has been, well, <laughs> I, 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 before I say that, let me just explain. My sister came down this weekend and was on Hilton Head for a Special Olympics tennis tournament. And Sunday morning she texted me and said, I can't wait to go home so I don't have to see any more Warnock and Warner ads or, or, or Walker ads. And I'm like, welcome to my world. <laughs> and if you've turned on the television, you know what I'm talking about. Every other, just about every commercial is a political ad. It's either Kemp, Abrams, Warnock, Walker. And I mean, it is just nonstop. And of course, the flyers are starting to hit the mailboxes. Oh yeah, we'll be getting tons of uh, of flyers and mails, mailings and all that stuff. I mean... But that's what political campaign is about. That's what political season is about. But here's why I wanted to talk about this, because I am a political conservative. I've been a Republican Party supporter for many years, but I am what you would call a moderate because I will split a ticket and I will vote for the best man, Republican or Democrat. And the problem I have with the Republicans' choice in the Senate race in Georgia is Herschel Walker has no business being there. And I really kind of wonder, did the GOP vet this guy properly? And here's why I say this. And, and again, this is my view on this. I understand why Herschel Walker kind of moved to the front of the line and was the guy they, they all got behind because one of the issues that 
the Republicans had in the Senate election a couple years ago for the unexpired seat when you had Raphael Warnock, who is an African-American running against a white politician, the incumbent, um, Kelly, what's her name? Uh, I can't even remember her last name, but uh, she was another one that was just like, why'd they pick her? Uh, it just, you know, made no sense whatsoever. And the thing about it is, I think the Republicans wanted to get away from uh, somebody playing the race card. And and again, that is something you have to watch in politics. I mean, if you have two candidates of different races, I mean, there's a race card played in one way, shape or form, either way, either way. But here is the problem with this election. And this is something that my friend who was a Republican operative in West Virginia said to me, this election the Supreme Court decision on abortion was going to tip the scales away from what would have been a Republican landslide because of the way things are going in the country to, uh, I don't think so. Don't count your chickens before they hatch because all the Republican candidates are all right to lifers and all the Democrats are pro-choice. And that's what you're having now. The worst part, though, is, and I said this is where I go, is why did they did they not vet Herschel Walker? Because every time you turn around, he's getting shot in the foot by a member of his family. Now, I understand ex-wives have an axe to grind, but this is some pretty serious charges against Herschel Walker. And then for his own son to say, well, you know, you paid for an abortion. You, you know, you're talking to both sides of your mouth. You're pro-life, but yet uh, you paid for an abortion. And, of course, the woman involved comes up with a receipt. I mean, come on now. And I, I just, I can't help but sit here and just shake my head and go, why? But the other side of this is, Herschel's got to be doing something right because his message playing. He's not getting trounced in the polls. He's keeping it rather close. And for a senator who has been in office for a couple of years... That's got to be concerning because running as an incumbent, you have a record to run on. Well, the problem is Raphael Warnock's record, not great when you consider he sided with the Democrats and this is a very Republican state. You know, I, I just, I can't wait for the political season to be over just simply because of the fact every time you turn on the television, you see at least, if you watch for 15 minutes, you see at least 10 ads. And it is just, and the other part of it is, is that, you know, if this was just a run-of-the-mill election, we wouldn't be seeing it. But, oh, this is Georgia. This is a battleground state. This is a state where, you know, each side needs to get in there. And, you know, I haven't even talked about the race for governor because, I mean, I, I really questioned... Stacey Abrams' qualifications four years ago, and now we're four years later, and I still question her qualifications. And she's running against a guy who is the incumbent and has done a decent job. Now, my problem with Brian Kemp four years ago was he was the guy who ran the election. So he should have stepped out. He should have tagged out and, and not been in office. He should have uh, stepped away, but he didn't do that. And, and again, Optics don't look good. And then, of course, the election reform 
act right after the 2020 election and the the runoff election in, in that month after, again, was another bad look for Brian Kemp. But if you look at the way things are, George is not doing too bad. And Brian Kemp's one of the reasons for it. Be interesting to see how he does. And of course, Brad Raffensperger is running for re-election Secretary of State. And he was, of course, uh, ground zero on the Donald Trump, you've got to turn this election for me campaign. But this also is a is going to be an interesting referendum on Donald Trump because Trump has gotten behind Herschel Walker. He has not gotten behind the other Republican candidate, who, of course, is the governor, Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp, and who he is, is called uh, Satan just about. And if Donald Trump does not get behind him, uh, you got to believe there are going to be people who are not going to jump on the Trump train if he wants to run in 2024, and they will have long memories of how he dissed their governor. And I also, I've said this now for a while, it's going to be really interesting to see Donald Trump come to town to campaign for Herschel Walker. Hey, what about governor? And he's not going to say anything or else he's going to say something that's going to just make him look foolish or else he's going to say, oh, yeah, Brian Kemp is the guy. And that's going to be even more foolish for Donald Trump because I like to admit he's wrong. So I don't know. Like I said, I (laughs) Uh, yes, we can move on from here. One last quick note. Um, Some sadness uh, recently in my life. Uh, My cousin Jimmy passed away. Now, my cousin Jimmy was the closest to me in age. He was a year older than I was. Jimmy was a, a sweet guy. He had some some issues. Uh, his his mom uh, and his dad did a great job of raising him. Every time I saw him, he was pleasure to be with. But Jimmy had had some health issues, had some heart problems, and uh, Jimmy had, uh, as we found out, had gotten sick and you know was in and out of the hospital. And and when he passed away, it was for the best, I guess. But Jimmy was. The one thing I'm going to say about my cousin Jimmy is he was the best wee bowler I have ever seen in my life. If there was a professional wee bowling league, he would have cleaned up. He was that good. I just could never understand it. And I did wee bowling. You know, I, 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 he mastered it. 225 average with ease every game. I was so jealous of him for that. I really was. But I'll also remember Jimmy for one thing he said. Now, my family, uh, we were estranged from my father really for the last 25 years of his life. And the conduit to which my father really found out what we were doing, being my sister and I, was my Aunt Pat, Jimmy's mom. And Aunt Pat lived near this lighted baseball field at the Jersey Shore in Lavalette. If you've traveled on Route 35, you know what I'm talking about. It's a very famous field. And it was just down the street from where she lived. And she'd go there to watch the softball games at night when it cooled off. Well, she always showed up at our games. And we'd always go back to her house and we'd always get to see her. And, you know, a little family reunion, that type of thing. Well, one time my mother came and she was very leery about going back to Pat's house because they had not seen each other since my mother and father had separated. And that was 1969. Actually, the last time they saw each other was my grandfather's funeral in 1969. He died just before my birthday uh, in June of that year. That was the last time. I, and, and my uncle had passed away in 1979. But. We went to the house and we were leaving that night and, and it was, it was a good time. And Jimmy went over to my mother and, and gave her a hug and, 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 and 
you know, my mom was like, it's good to see you, Jimmy. And, and Jimmy said, you'll always be Aunt Nancy. And that made a big impact on my mom. And she always remembered that and never forgot that the rest of her life. And it's on that note that I want to leave on this trip's take. Trips take for October the 20th, 2022. Love to hear your comments and questions about this podcast. Email tripstake at gmail.com. Fantasy football players, week seven in the NFL is coming up. Be on the lookout for my other podcasts, The Fantasy Sultans, with my buddy, the Hall of Famer, Mike Sheck. Also on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, and other podcast hosts. Like the music of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, tune in to WTRS Radio, powered by Live365.com online. Join us again next week. For now, Trip Rogers. Thanks for listening. Make it a great one.